through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means.
Good morning. We are so glad that you're here this morning. You're in a great place. This is a faith place. This is a place where God can move and God can do things. Amen. Oh, Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we have a God who put on flesh and dwelt among us. Lord, you know our hearts, you know our goings and our comings, Lord, and we bless you today. You are the great and awesome God, and we give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord Jesus, for who you are and what you've done. We bless you in Jesus' name today. Let's all worship the Lord together.
see victory in this place. When you get here, it has to pass. You got to go through all the way through. We're not leaving you stuck in yourself. Come on. Stir yourself up this morning. Come on.
lift up and worship. Oh, this is your move in this place, oh God. We worship you in this place. Come on, just lift your hands. Oh, we welcome your manifested presence in this place. Lord, we speak a breakthrough. We speak a breakthrough over the people in this place today. Every trap of the enemy has to go. Have to let him go. Right now in the name of Jesus. We speak freedom in this atmosphere. Right now in the name of Jesus. worship you in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, some of you have never lifted your hands. You've never lifted your hands to heaven. You've never lifted your hands to the Almighty God. This is a great time to do it. Come on, let's break some cycles in your life. Let's break some generational habits. Lift your hands to the living God. See what happens.
This is a moment of victory. Yeah. This is a moment of turnaround. This is the moment of change. Now we know that God has given us the victory. But when I count to three, I want you to give God, I don't care if you don't feel like it, you don't go by your feelings. You give God the greatest, most significant shout to His glory and to His honor. Ready? One, two, three. take all your cares and concerns bundle them up in a shout and give it to God and release it casting all your cares unto him because he cares for you this is not a time to bring your U-Haul of cares with you wherever you go this is a time to unhitch to unload, to dump it in the dump. Shout because you've been free from care. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, when you don't feel like praising God, that's the sacrifice of praise. Amen. The Bible says we bring a sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. Amen? Look, when you don't feel like it, that's the sacrifice. Oh, Father, you're so good and great. We love the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for giving him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that you and you alone are Lord. We bless you and your house today. We thank you that we are in your presence and you speak to us. Like the dawning of a new day, I am arising, says the Lord, and as I arise, my light shines and the darkness flees. I am the light, and in my light there is might. In my light I will keep you right. In my light I will give you insight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. You may be seated if you can. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. But don't don't get unplugged. Just because you sit, don't get unplugged. Amen. Keep your shout ready. 
Hallelujah. Keep faith turned on. Praise the Lord. Well, we are so glad that you are here this morning. Amen. Wow. (laughs) Hallelujah. How's everybody doing? Listen to me. You need to be free. I'm just saying. When we were worshiping, I saw a chessboard. And and what I was doing, I I don't remember what the next song was. I was pointing to Abby. Sing some. (laughs) But it was like. You've been playing chess with the devil, and I saw the Lord said, it's my move now, Hmm. on your side. So it's over. God doesn't even play chess with the devil and go checkmate. It's like, you're done. There's no, the the board is wiped. I don't know if you know about chess, but let me tell you something. Well, light, what the Holy Spirit spoke, light removes darkness. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. Abide with, with both. So I better hurry up. Darkness is coming. I better hurry up. No, you got light. Amen. You're the light. You go into the place because you carry, you carry him in you if you've been born again. If you haven't been born again, that can be fixed today. Amen. But I just want you to know your freedom has already been bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. You have to take action. Yes. To create an atmosphere around you that breaks all the habits that the devil has put you in to cause you to stay in bondage. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Your routine, your behavior, the words you're speaking, the things you accept. Mm-hmm. You have to break the pattern. Yes. You just do one thing different. It throws the whole thing over. Yeah. For the enemy. He's got a plan for you and it is all lined up. He, he doesn't have enough resources to keep it up. So he just throws, you know, back in the 80s, they had um, set it and forget it. That's what the devil does. He sets it and he hopes you'll forget it. But you do something different. Do something different and watch what happens. Some of you have already done that just by being in church on Sunday morning. That's different right there. So just uh, walk in that freedom. Amen. 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 There's my sermon for today. Hey, it goes right (laughs) along with what God put on my heart. Well, there we go. (laughs) Amen. Here at uh, Victory Christian Fellowship, we like to speak the word. And we emphasize the subject every quarter. So we want to invite you all to join us as we make our confession about righteousness based on God's word. Let's make our confession. The The righteousness of God God comes to us as we we put put our our faith faith in Jesus Christ. Christ. Righteousness is a gift the Lord has given to those who trust in him as Savior and confess Jesus as Lord. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Through righteousness we are acceptable to God, and we are given a new nature that is clean and holy. Righteousness transforms us in Christ. God is able to rescue us, his righteous people, from things that will overwhelm the wicked. We expect God's blessing to rest on us, and we believe our righteousness will release strength and favor to our city. As we pursue righteousness, we shall experience abundant life. As we walk in righteousness, 
we shall possess a lasting reward. We shall be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the Anointed One, bringing great praise and glory to God. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. I am all fired up. Okay. First, I have something to share. I have lots of things to share. But I learned about bees and flowers. And I was going to wait till the end of my announcements, but I cannot wait to the end of my announcements. Uh, bees and flowers. <laughs> so I saw this video, and you know, bees and flowers, they communicate. Like, flowers are like, hey, I'm over here. And I knew that they did that with, like, the um, colors of the flowers, right? There's, like, secret arrows that, like, point to the middle so the bees don't get lost and everything, okay? So they can find the nectar and gather all the pollen. That's the first thing. But I found out that they also talk through electrical fields. Yeah, I was so excited. So flowers have a slightly negative charge. And bees, because they're so hairy, apparently, when they fly through the air, <laughs> this is no joke, this is what I read. Because they have so much hair on their bodies, they create a positive charge. And when the positive gets near the negative, it knows there's a flower there. <laughs> I know, isn't that, that I was cracking up. So it knows, it's like static electricity, right? So then it senses the negative field, the negative charge of like specific types of flowers. And then it knows to land. And like the static electricity, it picks up all the pollen and all the nectar and then goes on to the next flower. And that flower, so temporarily it has like a neutral charge. And I thought it lasted like, I don't know, for a day. I don't know how often flowers recharge. I didn't learn that in school. <laughs> but I looked it up, and it's only like one to two minutes. And then another bee can land there and do the same thing. <laughs> they are producing that much pollen and that much inside of them that every one to two minutes it is ready for another bee to come and take the stuff away so it can reproduce and fill the earth. How much more are we better than flowers? <laughs> Right? I was stunned at the one to two minutes. I was like, I got to step up my game. I am not letting a flower outdo me. <laughs> right? So we produce, like, every word of God that we speak, what are thinking in our thoughts, and you're praying in tongues, like, everywhere that we go, all the time. Right? I don't let a flower outdo me. <laughs> okay. So for our announcements, we got lots. I'm so, I'm so excited. Okay. Tuesday. Yeah. Today's Sunday. I'm going to Tuesday. Tuesday, we have this generation. That's the middle school program. They come in the afternoon from middle school. They love it. They love to get a break from school and come to church where they learn all about Jesus and have a wonderful time. And they learn about their identity and their purpose, and then they can take it back into the school, just like bees spread pollen, right? That's what we're doing. <laughs> we are multiplying and spreading seeds because we are going to fill the earth with the goodness of God. Okay. Tuesday night, then. 
is New Generation Air Force. That's youth group at 6 p.m. It's wonderful, filled with power and the fire of God and the word of God, and there's always lots of things happening. We learn lots of new things, and the move of Holy Spirit is happening. So if you want to learn more about that, I encourage you to invite all the teens so they can see and experience it. And then we also have time at the end, like we do small groups, so we can also explain what happens in service too. So that way, like nobody leaves like with questions or confusion or anything like that. Wednesday is Wednesday Night Refreshing, and Dr. Fiona will be preaching this Wednesday. <laughs> so it's going to be awesome. She's an excellent teacher and works with her prophetic gifts, so invite lots of people to come on out for that as well. Thursday is Bible Adventure. So that's kind of like this generation on Tuesdays, except this happens on Thursdays, and it's for elementary school kids. And they, there's so many kids that come. How many kids come? Over 50 kids come, and they bring all of their energy and all of their excitement, and they sing songs and learn about the word and have people listen to them and care about them, and they just experience the love, and then they go back into the schools, right? All right, and then also on Thursday, Thursday night, Pastor Doug is starting his Grace Zoom class. It is awesome. It's an online course. You can purchase the course and register through the um, bookstore or through the VCF website. And that's going to start Thursday night. It's from 6.30 to 7.45. So if you are interested in joining, you can come talk to me, and I can help get you signed up if you need help with technology. I got you. Okay. And then on Saturday, like I said, we got stuff happening, like, every day of the week, right? On Saturday is the youth breakfast. So Saturday is the 11th for those people who date the numbers. That's important. Okay? That's from 9 to 11. Oh, the 10th. Oh, I was thinking next week. I jumped ahead. It's the 10th. Thank you. Um, it's going to be breakfast, and then someone is teaching. I don't know who. It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> With lots of surprises. Lots of things happen on Saturday mornings because it's like extra time, right? We come and spend extra time with the Lord, and he just moves however he wants to, and it's always a surprise. But we always start out with breakfast. All right, and then also on Saturday, Saturday the 10th, after the youth breakfast at 11, we will be at the Palmyra Square. And that is from 11 to 11.40. We hold signs. Everybody's welcome to join. So it's not just like a youth group thing. Everybody's welcome to join us. The youth group is just kind of getting it started. So come, hold signs, people honk their horns, we pray with people, talk with people, just invite them to events, start conversation, like, hey, how's your day going, right? And if they're like, not good, then that's an opportunity that we like, well, you can come to church, or how can we pray for you, how can we help you? So it's just to be a blessing to the community, introduce people. And I didn't realize how many, like, Spanish speakers there are in Palmyra, too, and how many, like, Nepali and, like, Indians. There's a whole other cultures out there. So we need people from all backgrounds and experiences. It's very exciting. Okay. Um, let's see. So, speaking of birds, not birds, I was saying bees, birds and bees. <laughs> bees and flowers is what I was talking about. <laughs> Okay, because I'm thinking of, like, seeds and everything. We started the Covenant Fishing Company, which is witnessing, okay? So we went out yesterday, Saturday, for the first time, and we just went out to the community. We went to the Memorial Park. We went to the 
pond that's over here. I don't remember the name of the pond. but And we just talked with people, invited them to church, spoke a blessing over them. We also realized how many people walk their dogs. So we need people who want to, like, witness. If you're interested and just want to, like, talk to people who walk dogs because you love dogs, we need people like that, right? People who like to do fishing, people who like to do sports because, like, there's, like, kids playing basketball, people going fishing. Like, we need people to just go everywhere in the community and just interact. So whatever you like to do, we can find a place for you. Because it's something that you just do in your everyday and your everyday life, right? It's not like an extra thing. It's just in conversation. Upcoming events, right? Just to keep an eye out for things. March 2nd, which is in like one month away, coming up quickly. We are having Winning Winter Wonderland. So we are going to have an event here for the youth ages like 12 to 17 where they can just come to church and we're going to have fun activities, make milkshakes, make ice cream, like have worship music playing, you know, and just have a time for the youth to come and enjoy being around other youth. They'll have food. It'll be fun, games, all sorts of stuff. And if it's snowing, we're going to have sledding and all sorts of snow activities because I love the snow. So, And then we have our woven conference, which is happening. I know. April 19th and April 20th, to register, you can go to the bookstore or also online as well. And it's all about building your house with purpose. So, ladies, we're going to get strong. Men, encourage your wives to come and everybody, and it's going to be a fabulous time. Um, And also, I wanted to share, I I learned one more thing, that gratitude makes you smarter. Yeah, it changes, like, your brain to make you, like, think faster. Yeah, ladies studied it and, you know, did the whole science thing and everything. And as you were, like, giving thanks, your brain, like, just started, like, firing more quickly. It was really cool. So I am thankful for all the events that are happening here at BCF, and we give praise to God, right? Okay, that's all the announcements. Our announcements are so fun and informative. I love it. One thing you need to know about Bible Adventure is the reason we have so many kids, that's kids inviting kids. That's not us advertising in the school. But that's kids inviting kids of their experience that they have here at Bible Adventure. And uh, it's quite amazing, actually. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to dismiss our kids in just a moment. But I want you to uh, look at uh, Genesis chapter 12 for just a moment. And uh, we're going to look at uh, verse 7. Genesis 12 verse 7. This is um, after God... uh, called Abraham. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. <laughs> who, who's given this land to who? God's given this land to Abraham. What land is that? <laughs> That's the whole Middle East. All right. And uh, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord which had appeared, who had appeared to him. Then he moved from there uh, to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent 
with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So everywhere Abraham went, he built an altar. Now, this just wasn't a wood frame that you can kneel on. This was probably a stone uh, edifice where you made sacrifices on, where you gave God offerings. Abraham was a sheep herder, right? So his currency was sheep and goats. Amen? And so he would build an altar. An altar is a place of worship. An altar is where you encounter God. An altar is where God appears to you. An altar is where God speaks to you. Amen? And guess what? Your heart is an altar. And uh, you can come before God anytime, anyplace, anywhere. But every time uh, Abraham went to that altar, he always brought something to God. He brought something as an offering. And God would appear to him. God would show him things. God would tell him things. Amen? And uh, so you can bring your tithes and your offerings anytime during the service. Uh, if you write, make a check, you can make it out to VCF. If you uh, need to do it online, you can do it that way. You need to use a card, go to the bookstore. And uh, we appreciate those who are tuning in and watching us online. And uh, that's an awesome thing. And so, Father, we give you thanks and praise for the blessing that you promise your people. And we thank you, Lord, that those who honor you, you honor them, Lord, and you will bless them. You will protect them and provide for them. And, Lord, I give you thanks and praise that you are good and greatly to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to have our kids' life. They're going to go to their class. If you see someone that you don't normally see, go ahead and help them. All right, so kids, have a good class. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Well, this week, I was uh, trying to put a message together on love. (laughs) And the Lord interrupted me. And um, he gave me this word. And this word is mislabeled. Has anyone, you don't have to raise your hands, ever been mislabeled? You know, um, mislabeling is not good. You ever been to a doctor and been misdiagnosed? And they're trying to treat one thing with one medication, but that's the wrong thing? That can cause some harm, right? And um, so... Uh, I looked up in the natural, all right? Mislabeling products is a serious issue. And they can have far-reaching consequences for both the consumer and the business. Um, It can occur for various reasons, such as miscommunication or deliberate deception on the part of manufacturers, Regardless of the cause, mislabeled products can pose severe risks to consumers if they're not aware of what they're purchasing. And um, so mislabeling misinforms. Mislabeling causes adverse reactions. Um, Mislabeling is miscommunication that 
includes misreporting and misidentifying. Sometimes mislabeling is intentional. It can be deceptive. You know, someone has a bottle of poison and they put a slap of smiley face on it. That's mislabeling. <laughs> right? Um, mislabeling deceives. It can damage reputations. It's misbranding. And it leads to misunderstanding. And there is a, there is a mislabeler in the world. His name is the devil. And he is out to deceive, but he makes it look like he's not deceiving. He puts deception in a pretty package. He makes it look nice, smell nice, and feel nice. But when you get into it, it's like, ooh, it's bad. Okay? And um, many people have been mislabeled. And some you might relate to some of these. Maybe someone said you're too old. Right? Abraham and Sarah were too old to have children, weren't they? So was Zachariah and Elizabeth. But how did that turn out? Didn't matter what their age was. They, God put a different label on them. God identified them correctly and accurately. Amen? You don't want to let the world mislabel you. You don't want to let the devil mislabel you. And you don't want to let others label you. The only one who needs to label you is God. He has the only rights. He's the only one who has the rights to your design. And he hasn't sold those rights. God designed you intentionally and on purpose and for a purpose. Hallelujah. So I'm simply calling this lesson mislabeled. All right. Um, Some people may have said that you're too young. All right. They said that to David. David was too young to fight Goliath. How'd that turn out? He whooped his little giant butt. (laughs) Right? They said Timothy was too young to be a pastor. But Paul wrote in the Word, he said, Don't let people despise your youth, but be an example. They wrote about Jeremiah. They said, You're too young to be a prophet. But when God calls you from the womb, you can be what he called you to be. You can do what he called you to do. So those people were mislabeled as too young. Peter and John were labeled as uneducated and untrained in Acts chapter 3. But yet they raised, they they got a man healed who was lame from his birth. And, and even though the world said they are uneducated and untrained, they realized they had been with Jesus. So how, how many know Jesus made their, Jesus educated them and Jesus trained them. The world thought they were uneducated, but they were educated in spiritual things and godly things. Amen. So calling them uneducated and untrained was a mislabel. Amen. Maybe someone has said, oh, you can't do that. But the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Everybody say, I can. can. When God says you can, don't let anyone or anything tell you you can't. Because can't would be a mislabel. 
Miracles don't come in cans. They come in cans. Amen? Paul was told after a demon spirit was buffeting him and he prayed to the Lord to get rid of it. You know, it amazes me how some religious people think that that was a sickness when it says a messenger of Satan, comma, to buffet Paul. It wasn't a sickness. It was a messenger of Satan. The Bible says it clearly. We don't know what it was. Just read it. Sorry, just getting a little excited. But Paul was told, my grace is sufficient for me. And therefore, Paul decided, well, I'm going I'm to boast in my weakness because of the sufficiency of God's grace. Yeah. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, um, they told John the Baptist, they were discussing the method of purification in John chapter 3, and they said, hey, who, that guy who was with you the other day on the other side of Jordan, he's baptizing people. And you know what, John, they were trying to go, go John into, into being sorry because Jesus was baptizing more people than him. He said, he must increase, I must decrease. He is from above, I am from beneath. Amen? He refused, you know, they, they probably said, John, well, John, if you go to the Jordan, you're not going to have much of a church. Yet people came out to the Jordan to be baptized. People came out to the wilderness to hear the, the message of repentance. Amen? Um, hallelujah. Maybe, maybe, um, you know, maybe you said you, you, people have described someone as being nothing. Well, God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Yeah, yeah. Amen? Uh, maybe you've heard a, a mislabel, you're not going to make it. David survived, or I'm sorry, Daniel survived a lion's den. Gideon defeated Midian. Innumerable to 300. Joshua conquered Jericho. If anyone labeled them as not going to make it, they proved them wrong. They didn't accept that label. Say, I don't have to accept the world or the devil's label about me or my situation. The three Hebrews survived a fiery furnace. Although the king thought they weren't going to make it. God had another plan. Paul survived severe persecution, a shipwreck, and a snake bite. You know, the shipwreck was one thing, but when he got bit by the snake, everybody thought he was done. Oh, that man must be a criminal. He's bad. That, that, that serpent kills people. Paul just shook it off into the fire. He survived. He was mislabeled by saying he wasn't going to make it. Hallelujah. Elisha survived being surrounded by Syrians. They surrounded the city. But Elisha knew they that were with him were more than with them. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil thought that Jesus would never overcome the cross. But yet he went to the tomb and three days later he rose again. Yeah. And he utterly defeated the enemy by what he did. Amen. The enemy thought it was impossible. 
But how many know God specializes in, in impossibilities, making them possible? The church survived persecution. The church is still around today. Although it's been, it's been tried to be shut up, to be stopped up, and to be hindered, but we're still here. Amen? And we're not going anywhere. You might as well come in and be part of us. Amen? Noah survived the worst flood ever on the planet in history. Noah survived with his floating zoo. (laughs) Amen? Israel survived the wilderness. When they said that they weren't going, when people said they weren't going to make it. The widow and her Zarephath survived. See, in today's world, our world calls terrorists good guys. That's wrong. That's a mislabel. In our world, some people call males female. That's wrong. That's a mislabel. You were born either a male or a female. And no matter what you do, you can't change that fact. You know, people have said that God's word is not true. The, the serpent told Eve, oh, God didn't really say that. But he mislabeled because God's word is true. Everything that God said happened. Everything that God said occurred. You eat of this fruit, you're going to die. They ate of that fruit, they died. Amen? Hallelujah. Talking about mislabels. That giant is too big. (laughs) Bigger they are, the harder they fall. (laughs) It was too big for the army, it was too big for the king, but it wasn't too big for the anointed shepherd. You know, Joshua and Caleb, everybody was talking about the size of the giants. They were thinking of a sub sandwich, a giant sandwich. They said, they're bread for us. Amen. I'm going to make me a Dagwood sandwich out of that giant. There's a mislabel that says those walls are impenetrable. Jericho was tightly shut up with thick walls, but it only a shout made the walls fall. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. There's, not, there's no door. <laughs> if the Lord opens a door, there's no one that can stop you from going through it. Yeah, right. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Maybe you've heard the mislabel of God could never use you. David's brother, Eliab, was angry because David was inquiring about what's the reward going to be for the man who kills this Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine. And Eliab said, who did you leave those little sheep with, David? You just came to see the battle. You're not going to amount to anything. God could never use you. David just walked away. I'm sure in his mind he said, just watch. Say, God can use me. Don't ever let anyone tell you that God can't use you. 
God took a murderer and had him write half the New Testament. His name was Paul. Amen? Hallelujah. Joseph's brothers, they said to him when he shared his dream, you're not going to rule over us until they found themselves bowing before him in Egypt in a ruling position. (laughs) Hallelujah. Maybe you've heard the term, God can't save you. He took a woman who was a prostitute named Rahab who lived in Jericho, who helped the spies. She went from being a prostitute to be included in the genealogy of Jesus. Hallelujah. You talk about a mislabel. She went from a prostitute to saving her family, to being a deliverer. Amen? Hallelujah. The devil is a master mislabeler. And I don't know if that's a word, but it is today. (laughs) He is a liar and a thief. He uses his false labels to limit you, to hinder you, to stop you, to destroy you, to steal from you, and to make you turn away from God. Everything the devil desires is against God. He is a counterfeiter calling something false true and something that is impure, pure. Go with me to John chapter 8. I'm going to expose the enemy. You know, you're fighting in a battle against an enemy. You need to know a little bit about the enemy, about what the Bible says. You know, God, the Bible is true. What the Bible says about everything and everyone is the absolute truth. Okay? So, uh, John chapter 8, verse 44, these are some characteristics of your enemy, the devil. Jesus is talking here, and he said, you, verse 44, John chapter 8, you are of your father, the devil, so the devil can have offspring. Not every person on this planet is a child of God. Just because you're a created human being doesn't mean you're a child of God. You've got to choose to be a child of God. And you've got to choose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. That's the only way to be a child of God. You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. How do you know if someone is of the devil when they act like the devil? Okay? He was a murderer from the beginning. Every murderer originates with the devil. Okay, and uh, he abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The devil is the father of lies. Lies misrepresent, they mislabel, and they cause you to be misunderstood. And they lied about Jesus. Joseph's brothers lied about Joseph. Amen. Uh, the... The, the people that came against Daniel lied about him to, to the king. Uh, Haman lied about the Jews to get them uh, wiped out and eradicated. The devil's still using lies. Right? You see it every day. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 
See, in order to understand mislabeling, you've got to understand the source of the mislabel. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 and verse 11. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11. I really wanted to do a nice message on perfect love, casting out all fear. And I'm, I'm reading, I'm starting, but something on the inside is like, no, no. And so, boop, there it was. This, so this is fresh from God. Yeah. Amen? Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage over us. Listen, if you're not careful, if you're not uh, aware that you have an adversary, he could gain an advantage over you. Okay? Lest Satan should gain an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. All right? So... Ignorance of how Satan operates can cause you to give him an advantage over you. We, we have to not be ignorant of his devices. What are his devices? Deception. Lies. Untruths. Accusations. Right? The devil has no physical force to make you do something, but he can only offer you a suggestion, a thought, or an idea. And you have to do it. You have to give, actually give him permission. The devil just can't come in your house and take over unless you have opened the door and said, come on in. He can't just wreak havoc in your life unless he has found an entrance point. And number one, you've got to kick the devil out. Amen. Come on, you've got to shut the door on the devil. They used to sing that in Guyana. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. Shut the door. Keep the devil in the dark or in the night. <laughs> Dr. Fiona and Sister Grace with their Caribbean accent could sing that better than I can. Hallelujah. All right. Go to 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11. He is the source of misleading. So we have to understand how he does this. Amen. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 13, he said, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. <laughs> you know, I saw an ad one time on the television. And uh, this guy was advertising himself as prophet so-and-so. <laughs> and if you call this number... And give an offer. He'll give you a word of prophecy. I'm like, oh my goodness. You might as well just be a psychic fortune teller. That's not the gift of prophecy. Okay? And, do, and don't marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. How did the Mormon church come about? Because an angel of light, quote unquote, supposedly, named Moroni... Well, if you take the A-H off the end, what do you get? Moron, yeah. So, supposedly, Joseph Smith saw this angel of light who gave him golden tablets that have never been found, never been discovered, and out comes this cult false religion called the Mormons. Now they say, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's even more deceptive. You know, right here in Palmyra, 
There's a church that calls themselves a church, but they're really new age. I looked at, I looked at what they believed. They believed that Jesus achieved a high degree of spirituality. Are you kidding me? Jesus is the master. He's the creator. He always was, always will be. Didn't achieve no high degree of spirituality. Okay? So don't marvel. Satan himself can transform himself as an angel of light. You know, the devil can't create anything. He can only pervert something that was created. He can only twist something. He can only, uh, that, see, that's what the word wicked means. How many has ever seen a wicker chair, right? That's, that's all twisted together. Wicked means twisted. Okay? All right, then he says, uh, verse 15, Therefore it is, <clears throat> excuse me, no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. I've seen churches of thousands of people with the leader speak curse and lies to the public. But yet thousands of people are being influenced by them. You're never going to find that here. Here you're going to get the word. We're going to give you the word whether you like it or not. The word is here. Amen? I'm never going to speak nothing. I'm never going to speak anything that's not the word of God. Okay? So, um, and whose end shall be according to their works. Okay? All right? Go to Revelation chapter 13. The book of Revelation chapter 13. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be misled. And don't be mislabeled. See, if, if, the, if knowing the truth can set you free, then listening to a lie can bind you. When you accept a lie, you are offering yourself to be bound by that lie. And how many know if you're bound by a lie, that lie can crumble easily. Right? Only the truth is going to outlast anything. Okay? So if you believe lies, you're, you're going to be bound. But if you know the truth, you're going to be made free. Okay, Revelation thirteen fourteen, And uh, so he's talking about some of the power of the beast. And he says, and deceives them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. How many has ever heard of statues crying? I tell you what, that's not God who's making that statue cry. I saw a woman in Illinois when I was in a service long before I was ever married. I saw her minister and oil flowed from her arms. And she was later to be found out to be false. She was doing other false things. But then I got a hold of a book by Rick Renner called Merchandising the Anointing. And he said that people that, that that's happened to are, are surrounded with tormenting dreams. Everybody say tormenting dreams. God doesn't give you tormenting dreams. It was a sign. It was a real thing that actually happened. The the lady was wearing short sleeve shirts. It's not like she had a pump or anything of oil. I saw it with my own eyes, but I didn't buy into it. 
Something inside me was saying, something's not right about this. I didn't know what it was back then, but I know now because God gave me some light and some information. Okay? So, um, uh, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and uh, cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Can you see God going around? If you're not going to worship me, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> That's not God. That's the devil. Amen. He says, I give you abundant life. I don't give you abundant death. <laughs> Amen. But that's a mislabel. Okay, go, go one chapter over. Revelation 12, verse 11. Revelation 12, verse 11. Actually, look at verse 10. Revelation 12, 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives to death. So who who goes around accuses the brethren? It's the devil. He, he brings accusations. He's accusing just like he did with Job. He said, you see, Job, if you didn't bless Job, he'd curse you. God says, he's in your hands. Why? Because Job got into fear. And, and Satan did all that stuff that he did to him. Satan destroyed his family. Satan destroyed his business. Satan uh, destroyed his home. That wasn't God. Oh, but God allowed it. No, he was, God said he was under, he was in his control, in his power. But out of all that, Job did not curse God. And, and, and God told Job that all the things that his friends said were misrepresenting God. They didn't speak the truth about God. You read it in, in the last chapter. God said, they didn't speak the truth about me. C- could you imagine? Job is being pressured by the devil plus his friends bringing false information about God. And yet he refused to curse God. Amen. That's some strong uh, internal fortication. Hallelujah. Okay? All right, go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. We are, un- we are unveiling the mislabeler. You know, McDonald's has got the hamburglar, but the world's got the mislabeler. Right? And his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his goal. He hates everything that has to do with God. And so he takes situations and he twists them and he perverts them to present them what they're not really are. He presents them as something that they're not. That's a mislabel. Okay? First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, say my adversary. My adversary. He's the adversary, okay? As a roaring lion, didn't say he was a roaring, didn't say is a roaring lion. Everybody say as. as. He's trying to be something he's not. He's not a lion. He's a dragon. And he's been dragging this thing out for a long time. And we're going to drag him to the lake of fire. Yeah. 
Amen? Jesus is going to drag them to the lake of fire. I'll show you a dragon. Come on. Notice, as a roaring lion. He is trying his best to be a lion. Roar. Roar. But guess what? To the believer, he's toothless. To the believer, he's been declawed. To the believer, he has no bite. To the believer. Walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now the devil doesn't go, excuse me, can I devour you today? He is going to portray himself in a deceptive way. When you set a trap for a prey, you don't put a sign in flashing light, say, trap here, come on and step in. No, you take the trap, you disguise it, you put leaves and sticks over it and so they can't see it. And you put some bait by the trap, something that the prey would want to eat. And they, get to, they want to eat the food and they step into the trap, but they don't know it's a trap until they get into the trap. That's how the enemy does. He doesn't put Hollywood lights saying, trap here. So... The devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom? Notice he may. Everybody say may. He has to get your your permission to devour you. All right, verse 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Through faith, you can resist the adversary. Through faith, you can overcome the adversary. Through faith, you can uh, conquer the adversary. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Okay? So he's an adversary. Go to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. This answers the age-old question. If God is so good, why are there so many bad things happening in the world? I'll tell you why. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. uh, Paul wrote, he said, if if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of who? Everybody say this world. Notice that God is a little g. It's not the God. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Oh, Lest the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. So, reason bad things are happening in the world because Satan is the God of this world. And he he has blinded a lot of minds from the light of the gospel. So, that's why bad things happen. Okay? Go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Say, it's going to get good. We're just filling the trash bag, but we're about to take it out. So it doesn't stink up the place. Amen? Matthew 12, verse 24. Matthew 12, verse 24. Like I said, I I really wanted to talk about love today, but 
God had other, I don't know why God, someone in here has been mislabeled and you need to be set free today. Satan has gotten, Satan has interfered into your situation and he's calling you something that you're not. And God's going to change the label. He's going to label you accurately and correctly and truly. So that's what I'm expecting today. Matthew 12, 24. Ah, oh, here we go. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. <laughs> the devil is the Beelzebub. He's the prince of devils. Okay? Jesus is not Beelzebub. All right? He's the prince of devils. Okay? Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. Are you doing okay this morning? It's okay if we expose our adversary for a little bit. Because then we're going to tell you how to overcome him. Amen? You don't have to accept the label that the devil or the world puts on you. You don't have to abide by the description that the devil gives about your situation. There's, some, there's someone who has a final say. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Ephesians 2.2. 2. Wherein, in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Why do you think there's such a a fight over airwaves? Because the devil is the prince of the power of the air. Amen? And if he knows, if he can control the airwaves, he can control what people think. He can control what people learn. But guess what? Thank God for our creator who, who... puts the creative ideas in people's minds to put out shows that are based in the Bible and based in the truth. Amen? Amen. Using satellites and television, those are just tools, but we need to be the ones that take them over. Amen? Amen? So, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. There is a spirit working in children that don't obey God. It's the devil. Now, he, he's not omnipresent. He can only be in one place at one time. He's, he's not God. He's not equal with God. He's not Jesus' brother. That's, what, that's one group thinks that Jesus and the devil were brothers. Are you kidding me? My goodness. All right? Lies. All right, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. And it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness. Everybody say the darkness. darkness. Of, of where? Of this world. Rulers of the darkness of this world. It's dark anywhere that the light of Jesus isn't shining. So if Jesus is not shining in a home, then it's dark. If Jesus is not shining in a church, then it's dark. If Jesus is not shining in a school, then it's dark. Because Jesus is the light of the world. And where the light's not shining, it's dark. And the only time that the, the darkness leaves is when the light shines. You ever notice that? Every one of us has gone into a dark room and turned on the light. Isn't it amazing how the darkness just hides once the light is turned on? Like, it doesn't even take a millisecond. The minute the light shines, darkness is out of here. 
They're faster than roaches. Darkness is faster than roaches. It's one of those days. Okay, so um, these are things that we wrestle against. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. You know why some countries propagate evil things? Because there's a principality over them that's influencing their behavior. Why, why, do certain, why do terrorists come from certain places? Because there's a principality over that location or over that region and they're influencing those people. Because Satan is the master mislabeler. Now I'm going to just share with you a couple characters of the Bible who were mislabeled and who overcame their mislabel. All right? Number one is... Uh, or let me say this. Um, God makes you new and improved by removing the incorrect label and putting the correct one on you. You can only correctly identify who you really are and who you truly are by God, not from anyone else. You're not going to go find yourself in a cave or on a mountain, or by a river, or on, on a ski slope, or on a beach. You're only going to find yourself in the Word of God. You've got to go to God to find out who you really are. He's the only one that has the accurate information. Okay? And He'll, he'll freely tell you who you are once, if you ask Him. So you have to have a relationship with Him. Okay? Uh, so God makes you new and improved. You know, sometimes they can say that a product is new and improved simply because they changed the package. Yeah. It could be the same content, but it's a different, but new and improved. It's just because it's in a different package. But God doesn't, he doesn't just change the package. He changes the content. He changes you from inside out. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's the correct label. The correct label is you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You are victorious. You are chosen. That's the correct label. If you want to know who you really are, read the book of Ephesians. And anywhere it says in him, with him, through him, underline it because that's who you are. Hallelujah. So he removes the label of the devil in the world and he puts his label on you. His label is Christ. You've been branded by Christ. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. God God identifies you as his when you accept him as Lord. Hallelujah. You are who Christ says you are. Not the world, not your past, not your experience, not your pain, not your mistreatment, not your wounds. You are not what your wounds say. You are who Christ says you are. You are not who your past says you were. You are who Christ says you are. Hallelujah. God's label identifies who you truly are and who he designed you to be. You are not the product of opinions of others. You are what God says you are in his word and spoken by him. You are who Holy Spirit reveals who you are. He leads you to know and understand who you really are according to God's original design. 
in the garden, when man sinned, fellowship and relationship with God was broken. When Jesus Christ came on the cross, he redeemed the curse, and the, re- the relationship and fellowship with God has been restored to everyone who wants it. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. He knows your design specs and the architect who designed you. He's got inside information. He's the contractor who built you. Hallelujah. He's the tanker that fills you. He's the force that empowers you. Hallelujah. He, he, he is the, 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 the person that makes the difference on you. He is with you and he is in you. Hallelujah. He knows what the creator had in his mind concerning you. God labeled a, a man hiding in a wine press as a mighty man of valor. And he, he, he did mighty things. See, when you accept God's label of you, you can do great things. But if you accept the world's label of you, you will never amount to anything that God wants. And I want to say this. Um, people, Christians who aren't part, a regular, active uh, participant in church, you're not equipped to deal with what happens in the world. Because the church, God designed the church to equip you. He, he put apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the believers. Okay? All right? Uh, God labeled Abraham a father of many nations when he had no kids. Mm-mm-mm. God called Paul a chosen vessel unto him when he was persecuting Christians. He told Ananias, I want you to go to this place, and I want you to go lay hands on this name, Paul. And Ananias said, I heard about him. He does the body not good. And God said, don't worry, he's a chosen vessel unto me. And once Ananias knew that Paul was a chosen vessel, he walked into where Paul was and he said, brother Saul. See, he was Saul before he was Paul because he was Saul in his old life, but Paul in his born again life. When God got a hold of him, he became Paul, the apostle. Amen. Any murderous thing associated with him was wiped away. Glory to God. God labeled Peter a fisher of men when he had trouble catching a fish. (laughs) Hallelujah. God labeled Deborah a prophetess and a judge and a deliverer of Israel. Come on, ladies. That that was a good place to shout right there. God doesn't use women. Why did he make a woman a judge of the nation? Why did he use the woman to deliver the nation? So God didn't use women. That's a mislabel. Women, you've been mislabeled. So, we have Jacob. He was a twin. His brother was Esau. Born to Isaac and Rebekah. And Jacob, Esau was born first, but Jacob had grabbed his heel. So they labeled Jacob a supplanter, a trickster. So from the very birth, he had the label on him that he was a deceiver. He was going to do tricks. He was going to 
make his way uh, through trickery and deception. But God had another label in mind called the Prince of God. And, uh, you know, his mother helped him. The two of them conspired together to deceive Isaac, the father, out of the blessing. He had already gotten the birthright. Esau didn't catch any game. And he came to Jacob. And Jacob and Esau said, I'm so hungry. And Jacob was cooking some stew. You know, Jacob knew how to work the kitchen. He was a mama's boy. And that day, the mamas did a lot of things. Esau was a hunter, but Jacob was a mama's boy. Right? And uh, so... They tricked his father. He disguised himself as Esau. He put on a goat skin coat to make him, because Esau was hairy and Jacob was smooth. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so he ended up deceiving his brother. His brother was very upset because the blessing was so valuable It meant that you would be in charge of the family. You would be the priest of the home. You get the double portion. It meant a lot. And Esau didn't care about his birthright, but he certainly wanted the blessing because he was extremely upset when he didn't get the blessing. But, you know, God had already said the younger was going to rule the elder. But even though God said it, that means he didn't, God didn't approve of the deception of how it was done. Okay? And so Jacob, um, he had a little time alone and, uh, he, uh, he met God and gave his heart to God and, uh, he went to work for his uncle Laban. And while he was working, he had his eyes on Rachel. She's like, whoo, Rachel, I want to marry that girl. And, uh, Laban said, okay, um, what are you going to, he said, I'll work seven years. How many of you guys said you'll work seven years for your wife? I don't see any hands. Those are, those are back then. We're in different days now. But he loved her so much. It seemed like, uh, the seven days, seven years, I'm sorry, seemed like days, right? But then when he went to consummate the marriage, all of his little trickery that he was doing because that's the label that he, they gave him. It came back on him. And now he was tricked. He thought that he was married to Rachel. And much to his surprise in the morning, he saw Leah. So, (laughs) Laban said, well, I'll give you Rachel. Give me another seven years. And uh, Jacob said, okay. So 14 years for two women. And, uh, but, you know, that marriage relationship, because it's not God's design, caused a lot of problems. Right? Jacob had four wives. Joseph had 11 brothers, 10 of which were from different mothers. One father. That's not a five-minute dynamic that you want to follow. (laughs) You can avoid a lot of pain when you just do it God's way. Okay, but there came a point in time 
when Jacob had an encounter with God. And God appeared to him as a human. And Jacob began to wrestle with him. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. He said, the, the day's coming. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Some of us need to get a hold of God and say, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And he said, okay, I'm going to bless you. Touched his hip. And from that point on, he, ever, he always had a limp. But his name was changed from Jacob. The label of trickster was taken off. The label of supplanter was removed. And it was replaced with Jake, with Israel, prince of God. And because of Jacob's covenant with God, we have 12 tribes of Israel. We have a nation today. Because Abraham... And Jacob refused to accept the labels that they were given them. Hallelujah. I want to tell you a little bit about Daniel, who was in Babylon. Now, Daniel was in exile. His country was taken over by a foreign force. And he was exiled into Babylon of Persia. Okay? And... uh He could have been called a foreigner. He could have been labeled uh, someone who was defeated because his army got lost. Right? And uh, here he was. He uh, he was an exile, a foreigner, defeated. And um, he, he, he was being trained in the ways of the Chaldeans. And uh, the king had a dream. And he wanted people to interpret it, but he didn't want to tell the dream. So now David, our Daniel had the label of he's going to die because he was, uh, what do you call those people? The wise, he was one of the, you know, some of the wise men there. And, uh, he refused to accept the label that he was going to die and he went to God. And he prayed to God. Him and his friends had a prayer meeting. And they asked God to reveal the secrets. How many know God knows God has all the information on everybody? And if you want information revealed to you, you, you just need to go and talk with God and he'll show you. So he showed uh, Daniel the secret of the king's uh, dream that he had. And he said, tell the king I'm going to interpret it. Because... He didn't accept the label that he was going to die because the king was going to kill all those guys, right? They were sent, he sent the soldiers out. They were going to gather them and they were going to have their heads cut off. There was going to be some heads cutting off happening. But he didn't accept that label. And he interpreted the dream and he got promoted. And he was, uh, He was greatly enriched. Hallelujah. While serving kings, he never compromised his beliefs. All right? Let me tell you about another girl. Uh, Well, a girl (laughs) named Esther. Esther lost her parents. So now she was labeled an orphan. She also was in exile. Living in Susa in Persia the capital city. Her parents died. She's an orphan. And a distant relative named Mordecai, who was her cousin. Esther was Mordecai's uncle's daughter. Think about that. But 
He didn't accept the label of distant relative. He treated Esther like his daughter. He became a father to Esther, who wasn't his own child, but he took on the responsibility. And Mordecai's purpose was to train a queen. Ladies, if you want to know how to live like a queen, look at that story. Her, her real name was Hadassah. But Mordecai said, don't go by your name. Use the name Esther. And uh, so here was Esther in a foreign nation as an orphan being raised by a distant relative. But God had another label for her in mind. That wasn't the label that she was going to be known by forever. How many know labels can change? You can take off an old label and you might need to need some soap and hot water, but you can take off that hot label, I mean, that that label, and you can replace it with a new label that identifies the contents of the container. I am now identified by Jesus. I wear the label Jesus. I wear the label Christian. I wear the label victorious. I wear the label as a child of God. I wear the label. Hallelujah. That's my new label. That's, that's what defines me. I'm not defined by my mistakes. I'm not defined by my past. I'm defined by the word of God. And this orphan... Went on to be what? She became the queen of Persia that extended from India to Iraq or Iran. That's how vast that kingdom was. And she became queen because she didn't accept the label as orphan. Right? Just like Joseph. When Joseph went to Egypt, what was he? He was a slave. He was stripped. He was a piece of property. But he did not accept the label of slave. He accepted the label of servant of God. And he went and represented God in whatever he did, wherever he was. He refused to act like a slave. He acted like a child of God. And what did he become? The prime minister over all the finances of Egypt. He wasn't even a citizen of the country. Come on. But when you accept God's label about you, you can do great things. Don't let the world or the devil mislabel you. Hallelujah. My favorite one, though, is in First Chronicles chapter 4. You've you got to go this because this is just two verses. And I'm almost done. Hallelujah. First Chronicles chapter 4. <clears throat> Are you doing okay? All right. We're almost done. Hallelujah. Glory <laughs> to God. Look at verse 9. Whoo. First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9. And Jabez. I like Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. His mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. His name meant pain. He had this label on him from a bad experience of his mother giving birth to him. 
We don't know all the details, but it was probably painful. It was probably uncomfortable. Yes, this was not normal. So, out of that experience, she named the child Pain. And as the child grew, he's like, I am not going to be known as Pain. I am not, but your mother gave you that name, but it's the wrong name. Aren't you glad that you can change your name? You can legally change your name. If you don't like your name, you can legally change your name. I mean, God changed a lot of people's names, didn't he? Why? A new name signifies a new nature. A new name signifies a new label. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay? So, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Why? They just accepted whatever they got. He, he chose something different. He was like the salmon that swims up the stream, not down the stream. He went against the current. Amen? Sometimes we got to go against the current. Okay? And Jabez called on the God of Israel. I'm telling you, if you want to make a significant change in your life, that's the starting point. You call on the God of Israel. He said, Lord, I don't like my, I don't like my name. I don't like being labeled by this. I'm coming to you and I'm going to change it. Hallelujah. He went to God, say, go to God. And then he said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. I want to be known as blessed, not pain. Hallelujah. That's a good upgrade. And enlarge my coast or my territory and that your hand might be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Say, God answered his prayer. Hallelujah. That two verses of a man with such a powerful impact. He was labeled one way, but he refused to accept it. And he went to God to change it. I want to be known as blessed. I want to be known as expanded. I want to be known as more. I want to, I don't want to be known as someone that causes grief. I want, hallelujah. He went and changed his nature. He went and changed his label. Glory to God. And God didn't have a problem with it. God said, here you go. Sure. God, say God granted him. That means he, 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 he answered his prayer. He did what he asked him to do. Amen. So how do I change my label if I've been mislabeled? You know, some of you, you've been mislabeling your home. Don't use your name for negative things. If something negative, say, that's the carnal nature. Take your name out of it. Amen? Why? That'd be an accurate description, wouldn't it? You know, I remember one time Jesse, he preached a message called Fits of Carnality. (laughs) He'd get really mad or something and he'd have a fit of carnality and do something in the flesh, right? Guess what? We're all susceptible to that. We've all done it. So, amen. (laughs) Okay? So, number one, if you want to change your mislabel into the accurate label, you need to come to Jesus. You need to come to him in a relationship with him. Amen? Number two, you need to draw near to him 
and he'll draw near to you. See, in, John, in the Gospel of John, Jesus has seven invitations of come. Come to him for rest. Come to him if you're thirsty. Come to him if you're heavy, burdened, and laden. And uh, he will give you things, but you've got to come to him. Amen? They're available to you, but you've got to come to him. Amen? You've got to take the action and move to God. All right? Number three, receive what he has given you. Do you realize... When God changed Abram's name to Abraham, Abraham didn't go around saying, I don't like that name. He accepted it. Say he accepted it. You've got to accept who Christ says you are. You've got to accept what Christ has given you. Amen? Hallelujah. Number three, you've got to be immersed with holy fire. Why? Those mislabels are wood, hay, and stubble. They need to be burnt up. And the only way to do that is immerse yourself in holy fire. Right? There is a holy fire. Receive the miraculous supernatural power of Holy Spirit. Number four, receive what he has given you. You know, you only know what you have based on what the Holy Spirit shows you. He's the one who reveals what belongs to you, what's been freely given to you. Okay? But you've got to receive it. You know... <laughs> Once a ground of good soil is plowed and the farmer plants the seed in the soil, does the ground protest? Huh? We're not going to receive the seed. We're not going to receive the seed. No, it's good ground and it's been plowed. And once the seed's put in, it receives it. It receives it. Some of you have been protesting about what God wants you to have. You need to stop protesting and just receive it. Say, okay. Whatever you want. Go to God's standard, not yours. Amen? Our standards are insufficient, but his is all sufficient. And then fourthly, um, grow and develop and mature in knowing God. You got to grow up can't stay a baby all your life. You got to grow up. How do you grow up? You get knowledge of God. Amen. So how many of you here today have been mislabeled? It's your day of freedom. It's your day of victory. Today is the day where things turn around. When you reject the old label and you accept the new label. God told a man with a withered hand. Think about this now. Withered hand. What did God say? He said, stretch forth your hand. He didn't think that he couldn't. He thought that before, but once Jesus said it, he now embraced what Jesus said. And once he stretched it out, his hand was made brand new. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I believe that God brought me here today like he does every week. <laughs> You know, it's not a toil. I mean, <laughs> Dr. Fiona's not getting up saying, Doug, you got to go because you're the pastor. You know, <laughs> I enjoy being a pastor, doing what God's called me to do. Amen. And God gave me this because there, he, he wants to change your labels today. I'm serious. God wants to change your label today. Whatever negative thing was spoken about you, it's changing today. If you embrace it and believe it. Amen. 
Number one, if you're lost, you need to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you're not going to see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. What does that mean? It means to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Believe that he died on the cross and rose from the dead and confess him as Lord. You are saved. That's how easy it is. If you need to be saved, you need to get saved today. Why? Because you're not guaranteed uh, anything tomorrow. You you, You might as well know where you're going today before you get into tomorrow. Amen? Jesus is your ticket out of hell. So Jesus doesn't want you to go to hell. He wants you to come to him. He made a way. So if you need to get uh, saved, come and get saved. If you need to get uh, reconnected with God, come and get reconnected. And if you want your label changed, come and get your label changed. Amen? Today we're going to put a new label on you. <laughs> Slap it on you. No, 